Hello and welcome to episode three of Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics. Today's episode features Hofstra men's soccer head coach Richard Nuttall. Coach Nuttall has been with the program for 28 years now and he'll talk about growing up in England, his journey to Hofstra, and his journey from starting as a brand new head coach to turning the Hofstra soccer team into a nationally competitive soccer program. Enjoy! I'm here with head coach Richard Nuttall of Hofstra Men's Soccer. Coach Nuttall has been with the program for, this is his 28th season now. Thanks for being with me today, Coach Nuttall. I look forward to chatting with you, Amanda. So Coach Nuttall has been with the program for 28 years. He comes to Hofstra from Barnsley, England? Yeah, Barnsley. So obviously soccer is very popular in England. Tell us a little bit about growing up in England and how you first got started playing soccer. Well, um, you mentioned Barnsley, the love of my life in terms of soccer team. I love Barnsley Football Club and they're actually doing very well now. Maybe a small chance of getting in the Premiership next year. They're third in the Championship, which is the next uh, level down. And uh, growing up in in Barnsley, it's basically a coal mine in town Mm. and a glass blowing town. Uh, Very tough, uh, you know, hard nosed people, uh, working class community. And uh, we were very fortunate to be brought up on a farm in Barnsley Mm. a a dairy farm and a pig farm. And we had all sorts of goats. cats and dogs and a donkey and uh, just a, a great place to be uh, but a very tough place to be mm. but of course very very into soccer football as mm. we would call it and uh, uh, just a pleasure to grow up there on the farm playing football doing mm. a bit of cricket as well I used to love cricket mm. and a little bit of rugby and um, you know our school was quite a, a well-known uh, football school, soccer school, mm. you know, so a lot of professional soccer players came out of there and uh, I was very fortunate to have a, a bit of a blend of the both, but uh, all within the environment of a tough environment and mm. no-nonsense environment, right. so uh, uh, very fortunate to have some great teachers as well, mm. and, uh, but it's an environment where you had to look after yourself and you had to defend yourself and right. if there were any problems there was usually fisticuffs, which taught mm. me a lot mm. as well, so... <laughs> You know, again, I look back with uh, great happiness on my uh, my youth growing up in mm-hmm. Barnsley. Then you started spending some summers over here in the states in the '80s. What brought you over to this side of the ocean then? Yeah, um, I was playing professional soccer and going to college at the same time. I was mm. playing for Leeds. I was very fortunate to have a contract with Leeds United in my first year at college, and my professor. Uh, Mr. Mervyn Beck, who was a, a great soccer person too, he uh, asked if I wanted to come over and coach out here in the summers at Adelphi University. Mm. It was called Long Island Soccer Camp. It was run by Menachem Les, Mel Les. Mm. And we used to uh, come over every summer and teach the Long Island Soccer Camp, which was, was one of the few soccer camps around at the time. And mm. we used to enjoy ourselves tremendously. <laughs> lots of, lots of fun. And then you moved over here permanently in 1988, is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, And what kind of went into your decision to make that move? Well, I think it was twofold, really. No offence to England, it's very difficult. I was teaching in England for two years, mm-hmm. and I was earning more playing soccer part-time right. than I was for teaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I found it... Uh, 
you know, a very busy life between playing soccer and after school activities we did every night mm. and, and, and in England it's not a paid situation for the teachers right. so I thought I'd got a full life and I wasn't really going anywhere financially though I was mm. enjoying it um, and not, um, the fact that I'd been away uh, doing soccer camp and the fact that I'd toured for a couple of years with all my friends around the world mm. uh, you know I knew there was a bigger wider world out there when with a better climate and uh, opportunities for soccer so mm. I had the opportunity to come and, and play with a team called Glencove over here mm. and run their soccer club uh, they sponsored my visa I was very fortunate and I able to start doing soccer camp so it was mm. just really broadening my horizons and, and wanting to you know, make a change in my life, and I enjoyed Long Island. Mm. Uh, my other friends who I toured, toured the world with, a lot of them also came over here in various parts of the country, and uh, I just wanted it. I wanted to give it a go. Mm -hmm. And what went into then ending up in Hofstra? How did you end up here? Uh, accident, <laughs> <laughs> accident, a fortunate accident. A lot of the Glencove players were former Hofstra players. Mm. At that time, it was a part-time position that wasn't uh, supported to the uh, great levels it is now. Mm. And uh, you know, little scholarship budgets were were, were pretty good. Uh, but it was a part-time position with, with myself and a, and a part-time assistant. Mm. Uh, and at the time, I, I don't believe many people applied for the job. And uh, the, the the Glencove players who were former Hofstra players encouraged me to. Uh, uh, apply for the job which I did and suddenly I, I got the call one day that I got the job and uh, <laughs> I had really no knowledge of NCAA rules at the mm -hmm. time and, and about the recruiting system but you know a lot of people gave me a lot of advice and a lot of help and uh, I just sort of sashayed into the uh, into the position mm -hmm. and uh, you know started to really enjoy it. I was coaching Glencove and various club teams and uh, I love coaching soccer and mm -hmm. uh, it was just a, a wonderful opportunity that I saw, and I was very fortunate, really. Well, it's obviously worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, I imagine it was a little bit difficult to leave home, though. What was your adjustment process like once uh, you kind of settled down? Well, my mother said I'm always been a bit of a wanderer, and uh, she also said I'm very good to her because I never came home. Mm -hmm. Quite often, anyway. So, but adjustment of coming here. I mean, I saw bright lights and big city and an opportunity and, and and great times I had in the summer. I wanted to extend that, so it was actually home from home. And I think the medium that helped me tremendously was, was soccer. You mm. know, the fact that I played over here and played on a couple of teams and Glencove was instant family, and Hofstra became instant family mm. and. Uh, um, uh, it wasn't. I didn't really think about it. I just did it, right. and uh, maybe I was a little bit brave. But maybe, maybe uh, I was a little bit lucky that I decided to do it as well. You know, and mm. that's nothing against all my friends. Uh, you know, I have great experiences back there. But when I go back, the when I think of the weather, I'm happy I made this uh -huh. decision. And now here we are, almost 28 years later. Yeah. What has kept you around for 28 years? Well, I say this about Hofstra. Hofstra, each year I've been here, they've, they've progressed as a university. Every year they've made great steps, you know, academically, facility-wise, mm -hmm. athletically, so on and so forth, and I've seen great progress. But above all else, what I like is I, I, 
I like the people here. I think it's just a great place to to, to uh, uh, you know spend uh, many hours in your life. I love the people. I love I love spending time here. I like sport. I mm. like the facilities. I I just enjoy being in this competitive environment mm. and I enjoy our building. I enjoy the campus. Uh, I enjoy the students. I enjoy very much so finding out and discovering and seeing and, and, and understanding what the students do after Hofstra. Mm -hmm. Most of them keep in great contact with me and I'm very, very thankful for that. And uh, I, I enjoy maybe living vicariously through them and, yeah. and what they do. Our alumni have done so many varied things you wouldn't imagine from, mm -hmm. from you know, to incredibly successful uh, lives financially and, and jobs and, and responsibility and I, I enjoy that as much as I, I, I do actually enjoy coaching these guys and developing relationships mm. so I think it's the whole Hofstra family thing that's kept mm. me here. I, I, great people, wonderful people. For those of you at home, uh, Coach Nuttall is actually relatively notorious in the athletic department for keeping in such great touch with his alumni. Anywhere he goes, it seems like he knows somebody and coached somebody there. Um, you touched on it a little bit earlier about your work outside of Hofstra in the Long Island mm -hmm. soccer community. That's something that you've continued since being at Hofstra. Um, you talk a little bit about, about your relationship with the Long Island community. Well, between playing at a decent level and a semi-pro level in my younger days, slimmer days, and playing on the amateur teams and coaching in various clubs around Long Island over over many years, you know, you, you develop lots of relationships and friendships. And uh, very proud to say that I helped run Massapequa Soccer Club, we're mm -hmm. one of the most successful clubs around. And again, it's another family for us. And uh, just between all the relationships you develop, wherever you go, between our alumni, the players I played with, the 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 ex uh, players uh, in the club size, and uh, just uh, just very fortunate. Got so many great people in this sport, and, mm -hmm. and it, it, it's uh, it's a, a big community, yet a small community, the soccer community, and everybody stays. Uh, in, in contact with one another and everybody knows everybody else's business. It's just a, a wonderful place to be. And going back to the Hofstra program, um, when you first started 27, 28 seasons ago, did you have kind of a vision for the program? If you did, what was that vision? Yeah, the absolute truth is that I had no vision. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Uh -huh. And I'd, I mean, I wanted my initial idea is... Um, come here coach for a couple of years and then moved to Australia because I spent a, a year in Australia before mm -hmm. playing and, and enjoying myself with all my friends so I thought oh, maybe I'll do this for a couple of years and then I'll move full time to Australia but uh, essentially I fell in love with Hofstra and didn't mm -hmm. want to leave I wanted to build and uh, you learn as you go and you know in terms of I just want to give I still want to keep building now I want mm -hmm. to get better every year and I, so I love being here and I, I love all of the games, you know, mm. even last night we lost 1-0 to Syracuse, but the, it's just a pleasure to be in that environment, mm. I feel, oh, I feel I'm very lucky. And obviously when you've been coaching a team for so many seasons, there's certainly kind of an ebb and flow as the years go on, sometimes things are a little better and sometimes they're not. As a coach, how do you kind of mentally handle those 
ebbs and flows of coaching. Yeah, I mean, this is not easy, but what you try and teach yourself and train yourself is that when you win, don't get too high, and when you lose, don't get right. too low. And I tell that to all the new coaches when I first meet them mm. coming into Hofstra. But again, the emotions, every game we play afterwards, I can't sleep. You think about the right. game, what you could have done better, did I make the right substitution, did I say the right things, and you all second guess yourself. Mm. But the fact is, it, 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 it's more of a way of life. So, you know, I, I think you just evolve as a person. You want to get better. And, and I'm thankful that I'm still in love with the university and doing what I want to do. And, mm-hmm. uh, again, a lot of my friends back home are plumbers or miners or electricians. And I feel fortunate, you know. Mm-hmm. Lots, some of them don't enjoy going to work. I, I enjoy going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very important yeah. thing to have, too. And starting as you said, without a vision or really knowing what you were doing, obviously the program has come quite a long way now mm-hmm. under, with you at the helm, to the point where pretty, almost nationally recognized now, it is nationally recognized. So go ahead and kind of brag for a minute. How did you get here? Well, I think you, you get there from the pe- people that you've had in the program. I think they're the, the main propellant for you. They've pushed us forward. We've recruited good people mm. who've cared, and you know we've had good years and bad years, but more good years and bad years. And, and hopefully, between the school progressing academically and, and nationally and internationally, it helps you. The recruiting to get getting easier mm. by the year, and then if you do the right thing, well, you try to do the right thing. You hopefully gain a reputation where you look after your players to the best degree you can. I mean, you can't please all the people all the time, but generally speaking, you know if you're fair, if you're fair-minded with people, you hopefully develop a, a, a great reputation. And I think the next thing is the assistant coaches I've had mm-hmm. around me. I've had some unbelievable people around me, and I do now. And, um, you know, again, that it's an important choice with the people you surround yourself with, and right. they've had a great effect on this programme. And then lastly, the administration, they've been incredibly mm-hmm. supportive. You know, I've made mistakes, and we all make mistakes, but they've been supportive, and uh, they've helped progress the programme that, that, that in, in many, many ways. And, uh, you know, just look at our facility now. We've got a beautiful facility. You know, we're a fantastic university, and we've got great people in it. What, what more could you want? Mm-hmm. Going off of that, you talked a little bit about recruiting. Uh, you've mentioned on many occasions that when you're recruiting players, you don't just look at their athletic talent, you also look at their character. What are you looking for specifically as far as character is concerned when you're recruiting? Yeah, I think you, when you first watch them on the field, you try to understand what they're about as a person, how they cope with adversity, how they react to difficult situations. Uh, you also listen to what the coaches have got to say about them in terms of uh, uh, character. And then when you meet them personally, you, you see how they react with and without their families. And I always look at manners and I, and I look at if they're thoughtful about other people. And you just try and uh, choose them, not only as soccer players, but as stand-up uh, people and, and people that you think will help you. And we don't get it right every time, but I believe we get it right most of the time. And when they come here, we try and make them into even better people. Mm. We, we, uh, I borrow, I'm going to borrow this off a guy called Paul Lasour, who's a famous local soccer guy. Mm. He says, look, we're pe- people engineers. We engineer people. And that's, mm. a, that's the truth. We, we try and make people 
better and, and uh, I, I don't see myself just as a soccer coach but as a person who's engineering um, the players into hopefully better people. Mm-hmm. Kind of going off of that, um, how specifically do you think this program prepares students for life after Hofstra, whether that involves soccer or whether they go into the working world? Well, I think first and foremost, it's not easy to be a Hofstra soccer player. Mm. I think you've got to be semi-organised, or if not well-organised, you've got to do well in the classroom and you've got to put a lot a lot of effort onto the soccer field, as well as hopefully enjoy yourself socially. And between the network of people that we've got here and, and the environment that Hofstra provides and the city and, and the, the Long Island environment, I think it, it, it's a difficult environment, so it, it prepares you well for life. I do say that our players are usually very, very well prepared for life. Mm. They're usually outgoing, uh, and if not outgoing, they're usually people persons who can get along with people. Mm. And I think what we're trying to create is hard workers, people who understand people and understand how to integrate to society and work in society. And I think. That's something that we do very well. Our guys have been successful because they're good people first and foremost and because they've learned from the environment here. And it's not all been easy. And um, and I think they're goal-oriented people. Mm. Mainly athletes are. They're goal-oriented. And uh, you put all those factors together, I think we produce great, great people from mm. this uh, program and indeed the university. And I think that the fact that your alumni stay in touch with you kind of kind of speaks to that point as well. Um, switching gears a little bit, um, obviously coaching takes up a lot of your time, but outside of coaching, what do you enjoy doing? Being totally honest, and I might get a bit emotional here, but when I have spare time, I like to be with my kids, mm-hmm. you know. I've got a 17-year-old Jack, 15-year-old Caroline, and a 9-year-old uh, mm-hmm. Grace, and my spare time, I love to, to be with them and be part of their lives. Mm-hmm. The older two love soccer. And, and the younger one might love soccer, we'll <laughs> see. But I just enjoy being part of their lives and my family's life, my wife Christine's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a wonderful mother and I'm very thankful for that. And, uh, you know, she spends more time with the kids than I do. But any spare time I get, I want to be with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, it looks as though Jack's going to be coming to Hofstra and oh, he nice. hopefully make the squad and we'll see how he does. Uh, but, you know... You, you never know if it's the best decision or the worst decision, but we've made it together. He wants to come here, so I'm happy to have him. Very good. And now it's time for what we are calling the Pride Five. So these are five fun questions, um, just whatever first answer comes to your head. So the first two are actually kind of two-part questions. Um, so... First one is favorite English sports team and favorite American sports team. All right, easy one is Barnsley for my favorite English sports team. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I love the Mets. <laughs> so Barnsley and the Mets. Gotcha. And similar question: favorite English food and favorite American food. Ooh. <laughs> English food. Is there any good English food? <laughs> I actually really love bacon and eggs mm. for my English food. And favourite American. It's not really American, but it's over here. I love to go to the uh, Brazilian restaurant <laughs> in uh, Mineola and, and do the rodizio where it's all different kind of meats. Not very healthy, but really <laughs> scrumptious. I guess we can count that as yeah. American. 
Um, if we get in your car and turn the radio on, what kind of music is going to be playing in your car? I love all music except rap <laughs> and hip-hop, but I like the odd hip-hop and rap song, but I just love all music. My mother was a unbelievable opera fan, so I got a little bit of that, but I'm just a... I love the 80s, uh -huh. and I love all music, there's some fantastic songs now I hear, you know, the boys are playing, mm -hmm. don't like the bad words now and again, there's more <laughs> bad words than ever, but uh, a lot of the rhythm and the, the, the uh, tempo of the songs and the melodies, I think there's some incredible songs out there, I love music, I love it in the car, I love it blasting, mm -hmm. I actually like dance music as well, believe it or not. I appreciate that you have such a wide <laughs> taste there. Uh, favourite movie? Favourite movie is actually a bit pathetic. I like a movie called Stand and Deliver. It's about a teacher mm -hmm. in, uh, in California who did a wonderful thing with a group of people. And it just me being a teacher, and I thought I was in a rough area in England mm -hmm. when I first taught. I actually taught at the school I went to as a 21-year-old. I just enjoyed that movie, I think mm -hmm. it's called. Uh, that. I also love, love... Shawshank Redemption. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Alright, and last one. You've obviously been a lot of places in your lifetime. What's your favorite place you've ever visited? The f Does Long Island count? Sure. Well, Long I love to live on Long Island. Uh, it's probably the favorite place I'd want to live, believe mm. it or not, even though there's traffic and lawyers. <laughs> But the favourite place I've visited has got to be New Zealand. Mm. I I spent a few months in New Zealand. It's just an incredibly beautiful mm. place with great people and uh, just uh, enjoyed it. I stayed on some farms and it was just a wonderful time of my life. So New Zealand overall is my favourite place, I would say. Very good. Well, thank you so much for being with me today, Coach Nuttall. This was the third episode of Pridecast. Thank you. Thank you again to Coach Nuttall, the head coach of Hofstra Men's Soccer, for joining us for episode three of Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics. On tap this weekend for the Pride, busy weekend, uh, begins Friday. Women's golf will be at the Rutgers Invitational. And volleyball is hosting a tournament in the David S. Mack Fitness Center. Hofstra will play Fort Wayne at 7 p.m. on Friday in the Fitness Center. On Saturday, women's golf continues at the Rutgers Invitational. Women's tennis will be at Wagner College at 11 a.m. Men's tennis is at Wagner at 1 p.m. Field hockey will play Ryder here at home at 1 p.m. Volleyball will continue the tournament playing American at 3 p.m. in the Fitness Center. Men's soccer hosts first CAA game of the season, hosting James Madison at Hofstra Soccer Stadium at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Then on Sunday, women's soccer closes out the weekend, playing their final non-conference game of the season at Fordham University at 1 p.m. Thanks again for listening to Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics.